Okay, you're very welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast. Uh, this week we're going to have a little review show, a quick review show on the All-Ireland Football semi-final just gone past between Kerry and Tyrone. Um, delighted to have Stevie Poacher, who's been on a good few of our podcasts recently with Joe Coulter. I had to get rid of Joe because I didn't want all Ulster boys taking over the podcast too much. Um, so I said I better step in for at least this week anyway. And really, really delighted to have um, a legendary ex Tyrone player, Enda McGinley, but more importantly, currently Antrim manager as well, um, to come on to the show. So Enda, thanks very much for coming on. No problem, Kieran. Good to see you again, Stephen. Good to see you, Enda. Good to see you. <laughs> okay, uh, just before we get into discussing about the game, then just a quick word about our sponsors for, for the show. So Ripped is a software platform built for performance coaches and organisations with easy to use programming tools and training load, well-being and nutritional monitoring via the Ripped app. All your coaching tools are in one place. Streamlining your coaching, making it more accessible for your clients and athletes and providing you with the insights you need to optimize performance. Uh, to find out more, head over to www.ripped.app and use the code LOCKERROOM, all capital letters, LOCKERROOM, to get your two-month free trial. Alternatively, go on to dailysportscience.com forward slash pod and you'll get all the information there so thanks to Cormac and lads for their continual support okay uh Stevie we might start with you just uh, I, I suppose we all expected Tyrone to come with big huge amount of intensity into this game because that's what we know Tyrone are great at always down through the years but do you think that Kerry were were prepared for this game mentally and as well as maybe physically well, I think, Kieran, you'd be very surprised if they weren't, you know, considering the, the volume of time that they probably had, you know, with the, with the game being put back a week or two. Um, you know, at, at this level now, and then they'll probably be able to uh, tell you as well, and, and you know yourself came from being involved in London, like the level of detail and preparation and, you know, statistical analysis and video analysis that goes into opposition now, like there's no there's no stone left unturned, there's no secrets anymore, you know, it, it used to be the days of, you'd ring a manager, can you get me a video of that game or can you get me this and I'll get you that and so those days are gone. Like, you know, you've you've access to, to camera material from behind the goals, you've access to everything. Um, I think one of the things that, that that I was probably, you know, weary of getting into the game for, from a neutral perspective looking in was Tyrone sort of in a little bit of what I would have called at the start of the year, maybe an, an identity crisis. Trying to sort of stamp their own identity, Brian and, and Fergal obviously wanted to put their own stamp on the team. Um, I, I've, I've said it all along and I'll still say it I think that the Toronto are a much better team when they run the ball uh, I thought they caused Kerry serious serious problems on Saturday when they ran the ball through the hands I thought they struggled a little bit in the first 20 minutes when they did try to sort of go back to that kick and take game that, that they've been trying to install this year but look beyond no illusions Kieran, and, and then they'll be able to explore and expand on this a bit more I, I said on a, on, a, on a podcast actually with Damien Lawler and Friday I tipped Tyrone and I said look there's no better team in this country with their backs to the wall than Tyrone and uh, I, I'm a Tyrone woman, so I've seen her back to the wall as well at times. And I can tell you, it's, it, there's a fierce intensity in them all. But funny, I was texting into the we were even just talking about Tyrone club football here. Like anybody, anybody who has, has, has any interest in football or wants to see passionate football, knockout football at its very best, get yourself down to Tyrone when the All-Ireland is over and look at some of these club games because I think like, and I'm just, I'm throwing it out there, but I think there's something mad, like nine or 10 different winners in the last 13 or 14 years. I think it's a stat and something like that. You know, every club goes into that Tyrone Senior Championship believing they can win it. And that level of intensity that is in the club, Tyrone club football carries through and filters through to the senior county team. And it's something that I've been pushing for in this county for years. I think we should go back to a knockout championship and club level here because I think it just brings a different type of mentality here and a different type of passion and, and intensity. And I'd say if you were to go to any championship in Ireland here now, you wouldn't see a championship with as great intensity as Tyrone. So Tyrone's intensity on Saturday certainly didn't surprise me. And I, I would be very, very shocked if Kerry went into that game thinking that too, you know. Yeah, interesting point you make. And uh, it, it was reminiscent of that great 2003 All-Ireland semi-final against Kerry. And like in the lead up to the game, just from listening to different analysts, they briefly mentioned about that game. And even myself, I fell into the trap of thinking that, well, there's no way Kerry will be kind of fooled into thinking we're not going to get a game like that. And they're not Tyrone are not going to be able to spring a surprise. Like everybody... Practically everybody expected Kerry to, to win through in this game. 
like did it remind you of that game like having been in that yourself and and experiencing that you know front front and center absolutely i was thinking about it funny today and there is certain as a throne person there's just certain landmark performances and they're few and far between that really for me makes our identity as as a county the way we take our football they are they were our proudest proudest moments and and they are few and far between and they're the games that i'm aware of i'm not sure i'm sure there was games like it in the 80s and 70s but yeah. i'll never forget the 95 game against Derry in the ulster semi-final yeah. when thrown went down to 13 men and red hot then clonus and that was as a spectator that day and it was just a landmark defiant back as Stephen was saying backs against the walls just an absolute ferocity refusal to get beat when the odds were against the most that's when we always played our best and 2003 again it was a seminal moment for that team like the the feelings that I wouldn't have a fantastic memory of a lot of my games probably because of the numerous head injuries but uh, the, the, the feelings within that dressing room the feelings on that pitch uh, for that Kerry game in 2003 were massive and they were that was our coming of age moment as a team without a shadow of doubt and we knew it we knew it before the game because Kerry were always up there Kerry were the pinnacle and still are the pinnacle within throne mindset yeah. Kerry are the team the, the the kings of football and we always we grew up on stories about Kerry and so when you got to play them in 2003 it was just a massive massive opportunity and obviously since and we had all our big games over 05 and 08, but still that 03 game was a seminal game for that team where we stood up and said, no, we're here, we're your equals. And, and in fact, you're you're not going to beat us today. Uh, and it was just, it, it was a game with massive intensity. Now, probably we, we managed to hit a higher footballing quality than, than the lads hit on Saturday, but in terms of intensity, they nailed it bang on. And then come 08, since 08, of course, famously, we never beat the Kerry, the Mayo, the Dublin since then. Yeah. And so that team that has sort of come together after that Naughties team has disbanded, that team has had loads of good victories, but they've never had that moment. They've never had that really mark out moment that they stood up as a team where everybody, and I know I was in Croke Park, I was in the Cusick stand, and you talk about pride. Uh, and since that game, just looking back, I'm nearly giddy with the, the pride and the joy that, you can take from that performance when you see a bunch of boys go to them extent and turn over the form book and take everybody's opinions and rubbish them and just through sheer intensity of effort and sheer togetherness and sheer uh, physicality for the cause all that is good about our game they brought it the quality there's kick out issues there was some attacking issues, long ball issues weren't working as well as they were previously. We rode our luck at times, all them things. To be honest, I don't give a damn. The raw ingredients that you want to see in our game, which is about where we're from, it's about your own identity, it's about a bunch of boys going out together and giving it everything they've got. My God, them boys done it on, on Saturday. And for, like, I just know the buzz within the throne camp uh, must be massive now. And I know for them players, for me, that is their that is their moment, and obviously everybody. The narrative for Mayo is so strong and so romantic, and, and you couldn't you couldn't deny them that. Yeah. But for me, Tyrone now, and it was funny texting some of the players last night, and I was just saying, you 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 have earned your right now to go and win that All Ireland title because yeah. before now, before you beat some of them big teams, you can do whatever you want in the Ulster Champ, but you got to stand up on them big days in Croke Park and stand up as a team. They done that on Saturday, and now as a team. They're there. They're ready to go and win their Ireland and step out of the shot of the noughties. That game was as good as anything we ever produced in our time. And it was just, I'm just so delighted for them and for the management team. Uh, it's just, it was a great day. Yeah, really well said. Can I ask you about that as regards the identity and wh where that identity came from? And like we've all either coached or managed on the inter-county scene and we'd probably all say about at times the unimportance of the manager and it's overplayed about how important the manager and the coach is. Like, if you look at all the discussion about Limerick at the moment, it's all about John Kiley and Paul Kinnerk, whereas we kind of know deep down that unless you have a group of players of 30 lads, really specially talented players, you're kind of at nothing. But it's it, like, how much was down to Mickey Hart back in the uh, uh, noughties 
know, taking up that baton and driving the county on and kind of instilling that uh, kind of identity? Or, or was it down to players plus Mickey Hart just at the right time in the right place? And, and now Tyrone can always tap back into that in the future. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think it's a combination. I think it's it's the right management and the right team. And sometimes you can have a brilliant manager and maybe the players aren't just there in the right time. Or you can have brilliant players, maybe just the manager. And, and the manager could be a good manager and they're, they're just not hitting the right notes together. And sometimes you just get that magic where everybody's on the same place and suddenly you you, you get all almost like a multiplication effect of the talents that are in the room, both on the management side and the player side. But it's it's the mentality and the personality. And I think that's one thing we maybe underappreciated about that Dublin player, that Dublin squad. There was yeah. so many individually, they were special, special guys, special uh, winners, like outright winners, personal life you know they, they were driven guys a lot of them had their own wee personal backstories I was reading Paul Flynn's again at, at the weekend like and again such an amazing player and yet when you read through his history where he come from and his approach to the game it was one of a real humble attitude a real team first attitude just trying to make the very best of himself and never having having much ego about himself and I think that's where uh, Tyrone with with Brian Duher and Collie Holmes particularly like I, I'll always remember Collie Holmes in our dressing room was such a strong voice but he was he was the antithesis of anything ego driven there was no ego we we thankfully and we had a group of boys that were all quite similar like that mm. and that was a huge power of that Tyrone team in the noughties and I think the Killarney defeat yeah gave weaponized what would have been a core tenant of Fergal and Brian and, and the likes of Collie Holmes, their want to get that team back down to basics, to strip away a lot of the layers of rubbish that are layered around county team and what is supposedly necessary for elite performance. The most important thing is having a skillful player and then having a massive drive and intensity. You look at Limericks All Ireland, what's the most important there? The intensity that those players bring. What did Mayo beat Dublin with? Raw intensity. Yes, there's quality there. You have to have the quality. I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying intensity wins out, but you intensity is, for me, again, I use that word, the multiplier. Intensity is the thing that takes all your ingredients that you have and then makes them something special. And too often we talk about it's it's it has to be special nutrition it has to be really intense sports science it has to be sports yeah. ecology it has to be systems of play systems for kickout systems of defense systems of attack and at all it, it, we we put layers and layers and layers and try to be the most intelligent players ever but yeah. and, and and then we lose the intensity you yeah. the top teams can bring both to the table and that's when the real magic happens yeah i mean it's the small pebbles isn't it and like even from my day job with the sports science, you can see all the little tiny extra little half a percent here, half a percent there. But a lot of times people then just forgot about forget about those like the massive rocks of intensity, talent, obviously, you know, probably a good game plan, desire, you know, those main kind of things. Were, were you tell me like in the and not in the Tyrone camp, but Tyrone as a county yourself, other people are in, on the scene. Were you confident going into the game? Like, was this a kind of a, a smash and grab thing where, like, I fell into the trap where I looked at both teams. I couldn't see where the, 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 the absolute quality of Tyrone could beat this Kerry team and foolishly fell into that trap. How were, how were Tyrone people feeling coming into the game? Trophy, including myself, there was a general... And the, the closer the game got, and maybe this is always the, the case, the, the closer the game got, you got more and more confident. We, we, <laughs> we, we have a chance here. It was sort of like that, the, the psychology of playing Dublin over the past six, seven years, where the whole country convinced themselves that maybe this is the game they were going to lose. And then, of course, they didn't for a long, long time. Uh, so initially, when I seen the draw, you just thought, oh, Kerry's so good. Like, no, Kerry's at a different level. Mm. But the, the biggest things that i seen from watching Tyrone over the games was the sheer quality and form and form is critical because there's not a massive changeover of personnel between the two managements uh, that has happened. Sometimes you get a bigger change in personnel. You're largely dealing with the same group of players there, yeah. uh, which is what most most football people in Toronto would have told you. Mickey did have the best team out there. Yeah. Uh, 
but the form line, so the form of Hampshire, he struggled with injuries for a number of years. He was back at his best. Ronan McNamee was really, really modern well. Michael McKernan looked more experienced. They brought in Michael O'Neill, who I really, really liked the look of a centre-half back. Now, they switched it a wee bit on Saturday, moved him to centre-half forward, but he still actually, in essence, uh, was coming back. I think he's he's been a superb find. They've moved Petey Hart to wing half-back and just told him, be a really good wing half-back. And he's, he, he's stunning there and, and is, is so important now. So they've, they've individually, defensively, it, it is brilliant. And we haven't really seen that for years from Drone because, of course, been, we have same as everybody else in the game, employing a type of blanket defence type approach. Yeah. But yeah. as the defenders got more and more comfortable with it, then and the other key thing that going back to a slightly more man-to-man type approach is it allows maybe what comes most natural to throne, which is that real aggressive. It allows that energy and that intensity and that will to win and the want to compete directly with your opponent. It allows that to come out. Whereas when everybody's maybe standing off a wee bit in the more zonal defensive approach, mm. it's very hard to apply that intensity because the whole thing is, you no, know, you're, you're shadowing them, you're getting around, you're filling the spaces and, they're, and the, you're inviting the opposition. And of course, the opposition learn to stay out of contact. Yeah. Whereas as the game has changed a wee bit more to more sort of matchups, and yes, there's somebody filtering back, but there's a lot of track runners. So there's a lot of individual. You look out on Croke Park on Saturday, and many, many times you just seen pairs all over the pitch. And that allows individual men to man up and take on individual battles. That suits the throne psyche much better uh, and allows that energy and that hunger to be applied much more readily. Uh, but I think the, the quality of the defensive display from what I had seen meant I felt we, we could actually hope to hold Kerry. And I felt we were now, and I knew Mickey had seen it too, we were coming with a better attacking force than we had, we had had for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so suddenly when you put them two together, you thought, okay, well, actually that looks better. The, the feeling I had coming into the match was that it was going to be a high wire act. It was going to be all you needed was a slip up. All you needed was a five minute off period and that carry forward lane would hammer you. And on the day, the carry forward lane misfired. They got the goal chances, but they didn't take any. Yeah. And that the, the underdog and thrown with underdog, the underdog always needs the wee breaks to go for you. The wee yeah. chances to fall your way and not their way. And Drone did that. It wasn't that Drone were massively better than Kerry. They they were they went from being massive underdogs to being their equal, and then they got their wee bits of luck, and they they probably worked for me more intensely than Kerry, and maybe that that gave them that wee bit of luck as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you say, Stevie. I come to you just in a second. Interesting what you say about how the game just naturally developing and changing nearly le- leads to kind of. Tyrone being back on the top table now, really. And looking at that team, you kind of think, you know what, this team is going to be around now for a few years. It's not just going to be a one-season wonder. And and that psyche, the Tyrone psyche and the physical matchups probably probably suits Tyrone going forward now. Stevie, sorry. No, you're okay. I just wanted to to come back on two things Andy had said there. And he struck a real chord of me on the intensity aspect of it. I thought that was a fantastic spiel and about the intensity and, and having that as the, as the fundamental secret of success. I was down watching the child playing a game on Sunday morning, uh, just down at Park Esther and a parent. I was chatting to a parent about the match on Saturday. And uh, he talked about all the variables at inter-county level. He was very interested to know what was going on and how you use GPS and how you do this and how you do that. As I said to him, this is the problem for years that everyone on the outside looks at Dublin and they pick out all the sexy bits. So they look at the nice kickouts, they look at the basketball formations, they look at the, you know, the way that they put width in their attack. But they don't look at the fact that Dublin last year in the Leinster final against Meath were 19 points up and were still tackling in packs, hunting like lions. You know, their tackle count is higher than any team in Ireland when they played football. And those sort of variables this year with Dublin probably just dropped a little bit. Mm. You know, just it just let the opposition get that little bit of, of a sniff to think. You know, we have a chance here. And as Enda completely said, without the fundamental core work rate, you have, you have absolutely nothing. And people go back to the successful teams uh, here in other sports. You know, you're, you're all Blacks, you're Man United, you're Barcelona's. My God, they're talent. But my God, they worked harder than anyone. And I remember Alex Ferguson spiel one time. He says, look, he says, we'll go to away grounds. And he says, and they'll match us for an hour. He says, but if we match their work rate for an hour, 
eventually our talent will come through. You know, and it, it definitely is something that strikes a chord to me because sometimes we think we can lose we can lose focus in all the little sexy things and we don't look at the real core fundamental thing. But then I just want to put, pick up on one thing you said about Tyrone as well. On the matchups, like some of the discipline, like Myler's, the discipline of Myler was absolutely phenomenal on, on Saturday. And I'm sure at the game you get to see, like I, I caught glimpses of it on the camera where he was like so disciplined, like the track, the tag is runner, the same with Frank Burns. It was it was such a disciplined performance. But one thing I've always admired about Tyrone, Kieran, and I want to go back to the end of here, 2008, everyone talked about the Twin Towers, Tommy Walsh and Donaghy, how they're going to defend against it. All of a sudden, Big Joe and Justy were thrown in a full back line, matched up on them. And you just, what I've always admired about Tyrone, and, and I go back 15 years when I first got to get involved in development squads here within our own county and then our own under 21s. And we had three fantastic games against Tyrone about 10 years ago. Uh, and, and I was lucky enough to be involved in them. And I looked at that Tyrone team, the likes of Niall Morgan and, and Donnelly and these guys, and they've all come through and they're all still playing. Unfortunately, we don't have the same numbers playing. But one thing that always struck a chord to me, and it, was the flexibility in their in, in, in Tyrone players. You know, their ability to be able to, to, to adapt to a new role. Like when Conor Myler won a Sigerson Cup at St Mary's under Paddy Kelly, I would have said at that stage, Conor Myler was one of the best young footballers in this country, like, without a shadow of a doubt. But yet he went in there on Saturday and performed a role to the letter of the law. Like, you know, and then you've got Rolls-Royce footballers like Nagiri and Petey Hart who can carry the ball. Like they're, they're top-class footballers. But one thing I'd always have out of an art of Tyrone is their flexibility, their ability to retain the ball quite comfortably, no matter where they are on the pitch. Like, but then you filter in those couple of players you mentioned as well, those dogs of war, the the Hempseys, the, the McKernans and and the the Mac I thought McNamee on Saturday was just yeah. immense, immense. Yeah. His attitude and his body language and just even getting up and growling at people, like those small things just set the tone. Like and it was I, I'm telling you, I was fascinated with Saturday's performance, considering that they lost 35 kickers out of 51 and still won the game. Because the whole template that we're being told now game and then they will tell you oh if you don't win your own kickouts and you don't break even in the opposition you can't win the game well Tyrone just defied logic there on Saturday I, I was I was part of a pretty weak middle section Tyrone had back in the day and like we our kickout stats we always like if we ever broke 50-50 it was remarkable <laughs> you know what I mean? we just weren't blessed with the really high fetching midfielders and uh, but the likes of myself the likes of Duhur the likes of Hub Hughes Collie Holmes Sean Cap. It, it, it was about battling for it and we we sort of knew as long as we break somewhere relatively even in there we didn't have to win the majority of kickers at all well that would give us a certain amount of possession and then the bulk of the whole thing we would get it back off the opposition we would hound them down we'd tackle them all over the pitch and we'd win it back and then that would give us enough possession between the two of them with more quality up front than most teams back then and so we were happy enough if you know what I mean but yeah. uh, I just laughed with everybody saying like geez thrown lost the majority of the kickouts and they still won the game and I'm saying well Doer's definitely in charge now because that's because, because that's how we operated for for a long exactly. number of years and it's I suppose look it's still not comfortable you still want to be winning the majority of the kickouts but and I know we'll we'll talk a wee bit about maybe the the, the upcoming Mayo game later on but yeah. uh, again I, I still think it goes back to there's 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 actually very very few ways that you win possession in football you either win it from kickouts or you win it from turnovers yeah. uh, and those are actually your only two forms of winning possession and then you have to go and, and do something with it so yes Tyrone lost out on the the kickouts but they won massively on 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 the turnovers and I think that that was obviously the the platform of success because if you can win from a from a turnover particularly with Tyrone's running strength that sort of suits their game down to the tee then, then, then that works. That works great. Uh, and I think they were right to push to put the kickouts long. Like some of them kickouts are unlucky not to win a few more of them, if you know what I mean. And the the odds can be very easily skewed by one or two here, one or two there. But because their tackling was bang on, they won so much of that ball back. And in, in effect, it was nearly more demoralising for Kerry to be having that possession and then coughing it up. Whereas if Drone were very dominant in the air, Kerry might have sat back more. And that might have actually negated a uh, some of Tron's running game a wee bit more, you know. So the, these variables, you know, we split them two ways. But in terms of worrying too much about boss and kickouts, uh, I, I know Brian from his playing days will be more than comfortable <laughs> with, with 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 the tackling count being more important than the kickout count. Definitely. And the turnover thing, interesting, Kieran. The turnover thing's very interesting. I had a, I had a conversation actually this morning with Marty, Marty Clark about Australia, and he was talking about the AFL. Marty's, Marty's a see Marty when it comes to analysing games. He's, 
he's a real analytical thinker. He, he's just engrossed in coaching. He's a very intelligent guy as well. We've had him on before, Kieran. Very, very deep thinker, very smart guy. You know, played the game, coaches the game the same way he plays it in a very intelligent manner. But he talked about his time in Australia and the breakdown of where opposition scores came from. So when they were doing the analysis on teams, the majority of scores came from turnovers. I think 75% of scores in AFL come from turnovers. And if you looked at Saturday's game as well with Tyrone, like 65% of Tyrone scores, I think, kind of came from turnovers, you know, and that's that's a huge, huge volume. And it's something that he touched about as well. And, he, and he's right about it. I wonder how many teams actually think about nearly defending the counter counter attack. So I wonder how many teams are actually thinking turnovers going to hurt us here. So if as we're attacking, you know, is there a team is the next sort of, you know, tactical innovation in Gaelic where a team is nearly set up for actually the, the move breaking down, you know, and it's an interesting one because turnovers have now become so, so important. Like we, we were fascinated with kickouts and this is where I think Kerry maybe on Saturday boys actually maybe just got too engrossed in chasing down every single kickout. And I felt by the end of the game that had an impact on their energy levels. There's yeah. unquestionably because Tyrone were smart in that they choked up a lot of kickouts. Kerry got 25 from 25, but a lot of them were chipped to their cornerback. But Tyrone were actually strategically just going back, getting a quick breather and getting set up in that middle in that middle third to tag their runners. And I thought it was a smart move by Tyrone because if you're going to go and hunt every single kick out in, as you know yourself, for 70, 70, well, it's now 80 minutes we had on the entry time. But if you're going to hunt every single kick out, it takes a lot of energy. And I thought Kerry, you know, because they they'd scored two six off the court kick out in the Munster final. But listen, you were dealing with a different operator, even though probably Niall would, would be the first to admit he didn't have his best day. And goals like you're still different. You're dealing with one of the top top operators in in the country with Niall Morgan. You know, so it's a it's a high risk one to go after him every single time. Yeah, I suppose for me, we you'd seen coming into the game that Kerry were deploying a very very high press quite often on kickouts with with their keeper coming right out and their full back coming right out and just leaving even a full forward completely isolated. So that. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be something that they were working on and, and they'd got credit for it and it had worked for them. So they probably were thinking, okay, we can really go after the throne kick out here and, and do a job on this. And they did. But what I think that thing, and Kieran, you, you mentioned it at the start, that were, were Kerry, and, and you'd wonder that they couldn't have been, were, were Kerry not aware of the intensity that throne were going to bring to this game. Uh, and their, their forward play, like if they were, and you're probably right, Stephen, whenever you're saying about the energy it takes to really go in that high press and the risk factor it is, because you're standing there, if you're 45 yards out and you have nothing but 45 yard space behind you and a true man there on his own, that, there's a lot of nervous energy there when the kickout's coming out, because if this doesn't work, they've obviously got something planned for an emergency tailback. And so your, your body and your head sort of alert for that the whole time. But the, in terms of energy, then they were still very sort of fast and aggressive in their attacking style. And maybe they thought if they got enough ball to their forwards, well, they were bound to get enough scores. But they attacked, most modern teams know that you have to keep width, that you have to try and keep the pitch big. They attacked, they, they rarely were, were using the width. They rarely had men in very wide positions. Like I was sitting in the Cusick stand and at one stage, you could have literally in one quarter of the pitch. So if you divide the pitch into your four four quarters, as in straight out from the black spot of the goals to midfield and across the far sideline and underneath the Hogan stand, the entire uh, third whatever twenty eight outfield players were in that one corner of the pitch when Kerry were attacking. Which just for a drone point of view, in terms of wanting to make contact, get intensity, bring bring people into contact, get turnovers. Kerry played right into their hands by how narrow they kept it. And maybe yeah. with the benefit of a sort of captain hindsight type thing, if they were if they thought they were going to win as many kickouts, then at times they needed to just take the heat out of the game, be composed, and just play, play the width, go, go through phases and be more content with just keeping on the ball and calming the game down a wee bit because the game was played at a helter-skelter pace, but it was it was played narrow which suited yeah. the intensity that Throne were bringing to it. And the more it went on, the more frustrated Kerry were getting. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about that, actually. Like, counterintuitively, did the blanket defences over the last few years take out that kind of art of defending, that, like, one-on-one art of defending? And and um, Saturday's game, like, in, in some ways, was nearly a celebration of that, whoa, like, you know, 
the, 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 the pure the purity of defending and you don't have to everybody doesn't have to play the way that Dublin played to, to be successful like we spoke about the intent bringing the intensity and it was nearly like a celebration of that and I think in some ways like Tyrone rose up to that level whereas Kerry <laughs> that wasn't the game that they were coming prepared for like it was like it wasn't the game that they were coming prepared for which which was surprising obviously yeah, absolutely. And so, like, fair, it wasn't it wasn't a blanket type style defense, and that everybody wasn't getting back yeah. ahead of the ball. And then there was a real group that that Kerry were playing on the outside of. They Kerry were trying to break in, and largely because it was pairs. This is from what I was seeing. There was a lot yeah. of pairs, and that. But it, what and I've, I'm going to be watching the back. I've watched it back once already, but I'll be watching back again. But Trone seemed to have an art form that while there was a one-on-one battle and the, the quality of that tackling was immense and sometimes was enough in its own right, there was then a very quick two- and three-man uh, thing right in, or if that man broke that tackle, he often came out of it slightly unbalanced and bang, there was a man in. And again, uh, I'm just talking about the, the lack of width, the lack of space, because Kerry were playing it quite tight, that allowed Tyrone's covering defenders to be very close and to be really sharp in but again, you go back to the hunger and the intensity. A team that is playing on that edge and it lifts it. And funny, the, the throne player I was texting, he, he used the word in terms of intensity, uh, that it was just infectious. Yeah. You know, that, that whenever you start seeing that, whenever you sense that happening, you just get this domino effect. And again, you're dealing with high quality players. So it's not just your average players doing this. It's high quality players then that are working like absolute dogs. Mm. And that's a really effective thing. And Trone's tackling... When one man, if he was beat, which was rare enough, he usually was beat, but the man, the carry man knew about it. He was coming out of the tackle, sort of slightly shook. Maybe the steps were at his limit, but there was a second thrown man in straight away. And it was that ability to get two and three men very quickly to that pot and then snap up possession and get away. Uh, it, it, it was really something. And I think, again, the game is in a real state of flux. So we had forwards yesterday trying to get at their men and whenever them one-on-one battles now, forwards are more happy to go at the men and the rule changes have meant the forwards probably feel if they can get at a man, there's a real risk of black cards and all of that's playing in, in the mix to affect how the game has been played at the minute. Yeah. But Tyrone found the lines, found, danced that line perfectly yesterday and uh, again, it was a real hallmark of their, their performance. Yeah, see, it looked it looked to me at the, be- at the beginning of the game like this was a traditional game of a counter-attacking team who are happy to at times go one-on-one defensively like Tyrone and at times to filter men back, allow Kerry to have the ball versus that possession attacking base team and ultimately like it looked it looked easier to me for Tyrone to get the scores. They were Even though they were like it was the great Jose Mourinho they were comfortable out of possession you know that they had ever, all the matchups right like their physical conditioning was immense and probably Peter, Peter Donnelly, uh, you know, is, uh, um, can take a lot of credit for that. But Kerry just hadn't, they, they didn't have the answers to kind of break down uh, uh, the Tyrone defence, Cer- certainly at the beginning of the game. I know things opened up more, but uh, what, what was your kind of analysis at that stage? Well, probably, Kieran, you know, and, and Enda touched on it already, like the fact that there's so many matchups everywhere in the field, Kerry, people looked at Kerry's forward line, but Kerry's defence, and particularly their half-back line, is a great energy line for them, you know, and, and something that, that I, I noticed this year in the National League in the game we played them, we were level into the last quarter with them, and it was actually the, the it actually kept Clifford to one score from play that day, Brian Stack done a great job of him, but it was actually their, their, their middle eight that caused the damage late in the game, you know, and I felt that that's where Throne got things so, so, so spot on, you know, yes, I think there was a, a statement made at the end of the game that, you know, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to accept David Clifford's going to score five or six points. So you sort of have to accept that, you know, there's no point in t- trying to go out with a target that you're going to keep and score it because it's not going to happen. I know it happened against Cork, but that's very, very obscure. But I think it was that middle eight, you know, the likes of Steve O'Brien, you know, the likes of O'Connor, the likes of, of White, the likes of Murphy, you know, these guys coming from deep. These are the guys that have been hurting teams. Even their full back eight against Cork, I think in the first 25, 30 minutes against Cork, I'm only uh, speaking off head here, so I'm, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they, they get the guts of 1-2, one, 1-3, one, one, from play. They're full back line against Cork, breaking forward. And I think then that's what happens. People perceptually, photographs pop up of Jerome with 15 men behind the ball, but they don't have 15 men behind the ball because they're tracking their runners. So perceptually, people see this thing and they think, well, why... 
why have thrown everybody in their own half or why to carry everybody in their own half why to double everybody in their own half but it's because that you're tracking your runner you're tracking your man up the field so naturally you evolve into that shape or that course, system yeah. yeah and that actually suited Tyrone the fact that Kerry were happy to push on push high and hard that suited Tyrone because they've got some of the best ball carriers in the country I had Peter Donnelly down at a coaching day that we would run annually in school every year Kieran. I had him down around about 2016 and I put this into the group actually the other night that we drilled like there was actually a drill and then you wouldn't believe it I'll send it to you in a WhatsApp after this actually but there's a drill that he done that day and it was class. I seen it in Crow Park that year when Tyrone were playing. It was like nearly like a, an exercise where you're trying to open up some driving lanes for your runners coming through. And that drill actually simulated a perfect stilled image when Peter Hart went through with that ball in the 45, 4v4 for Conor McKenna's goal. You know, and Peter, Peter Donnelly's coaching advice that day, draw the man, take him out with a pass, you know, presentation of the pass, make sure it's right, you know, angle runs, blah, 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 all of the coaching points today. And you can actually see it so, so well coaching. And I just feel that Tyrone are one of the best at counter-attacking in the, in the modern game. They really, really are. And I know they've tried to mix their game up this year a little bit with a bit more direct ball, a bit more kicking. But I do feel by at times that when they run with the ball, I thought they caused havoc for Kerry when they done it. You know, And they've got some really, really smart players. And that goal in particular for me was a brilliant counter-attacking goal because it came from an over uh, a heavy touch from David Clifford who sold the ball in the traffic. Big Kilpatrick, I think, turned it over, slipped it to McGeary. He broke a couple of tackles and the game opens up. And Mickey Hart would have always been a big advocate as well. And as you know, even reading his book and stuff like that, where he talked about if you break a tackle, the game opens up for you. You know, once you break a line, break a line, break a tackle, you've created a plus one, the game opens up for you. And I thought that was a, a really, really fine moment there just to say, look look at how good Tyrone are and how much they can hurt you. And the game's going to be a very interesting game in the final because there, there are two teams who I feel, personally feel, are better when they run the ball. You know, I think that Mayo have some seriously strong, good running power as well from their half-back lane, their full-back lane, and then around the middle third. So it'll be a very interesting final. Very interesting final. And, and uh, were, you, were you surprised how, in some ways, stale the Kerry attack was? Like, is it a case of that we, we have this absolute, these absolute gems in uh, David Clifford and Shawnee O'Shea, and it's like, okay, let's get the ball to them and let's see what happens? Because I, I didn't see such a coherent attacking plan I have to say now maybe on the day you know little things didn't drop their way they could have got a goal could have had a few goals you know but it, it, it surprised me I have to say to see such a, a lack of a plan yeah I suppose I would say go, going back to the wet thing I was surprised that they didn't they weren't able to adjust hmm. their play a wee bit and bring more width into it and be a wee bit more composed and try to take some of the heat out of Tyrone's defensive display and if Tyrone were really chasing hard like that, if you kept really wide, you could imagine you could have sort of tired Tyrone out and sort of kept possession and Kerry definitely have quality players to be able to hold possession like that. But they didn't seem to do that. They seemed to want to attack the whole time and maybe that confidence or maybe overconfidence that they had from their amazing attacking displays earlier in the year, maybe that led them into a place where, where they were vulnerable and, and Tyrone made hay. I would still be, I would absolutely agree with you. I think this is fine margins and it's yeah. really, really important that we don't somehow think that Kerry were terrible. Kerry weren't terrible. Kerry could very easily have won that game. Uh, yesterday, they, they did have goal chances that a few things went against them. Clifford going off again uh, had a massive had a massive say in it, although he could, for me, he could question their conditioning as opposed to Drone's condition at, at that stage. Uh, but the, the carry forward line for me, they are reliant on them to key men, but that's not an over an over a surprise. Like most counties are, are reliant. If you've got standout talents, you tend to be reliant on them to, yeah. to a certain extent, particularly when your team is under the caution, really under fire, them tend to be the go-to players to score. And if you've got such brilliant shooters, will then get them to the shooters. So like there's no not a particular issue with that. But people have pointed out time and time again, I suppose, about the the, the decision-making, the real tendency to really try and get in at Tron and get in behind Tron when Tron were putting up such a defensive display, mm. it, it probably should have been recognised that this isn't working and to be able to switch to a plan B. So that flexibility and ability to play a different plan and to recognise what's happening on the pitch and adjust it and have the experience to do that. Mm. But what, what gives you experience? Defeats and playing against top opponents. Kerry have hockeyed everybody out the gate this year, yeah. bar Dublin. 
uh, and they got caught last year against Cork. The knockout championship has meant that they haven't got as much experience. They are still a very young forward line there. Yeah. And so them lessons are hard learned. They learned a heavy, heavy lesson yesterday. I still would not be writing them off. I still think, and people are saying their defence is weak and their defence is very open. Some of their defensive displays was every bit as epic as the Tyrone ones, like Foley's display, Tom O'Sullivan's display were just immense. Paul Murphy, I thought, had a good game as well. Gavin White, you know, so there's four very good performances in their defence. So people, again, there's so easy to have lazy analysis and say, oh, well, Kerry were relying their forward line, their poorest defence because of thrown three goals. But two of them thrown goals were were somewhat fortuitous uh, with, with deflections going their way. Uh, but some of them carry defenders were, were their, their best performers on the day along with, with, with the likes of Clifford Yeah, I mean it, it really, as you say it really is fine margins because even when I look at the conditioning of the players, like if you think back previous to this game, everybody was raving about the conditioning of, of the Kerry players and the great job Jason McGahan has done, you know as it are sports science in SNC in there, I mean I would think maybe that kind of delay in the game uh, or pushing it back a couple of weeks would have suited Tyrone because I was thinking purely in a physical point of view, Tyrone probably had a couple of weeks of kind of downtime. They were, I'm mm-hmm. sure they were training a little bit. It was very easy then to build, like progress up step by step, a kind of a two to three week period. Kerry were already up there, keeping it on ice, ready to play the game. And then it's like, okay, you, you're going to have to wait another two weeks. You're going to have to wait another week. And it's very hard. Sometimes you just lose that little bit of sharpness. And I mean, the players going down with cramp at the end, like that's a, a, it's a real sign of neuromuscular fatigue in that you just lack that little bit of extra kind of match fitness. You know, you can do all the runs and the, the tackling drills, but just that real hard edge match fitness. And, you know, if like if David Clifford hadn't gone off just before full-time whistle, he may have been the one at the end of the game to swing over a point out of kind of nothing and you know who knows how how it happens so it's it's again it's going back to the, the impact of that say the Donegal and Monaghan games for for yeah. Trum, which are just epic and there's nothing like going into the final 10 minutes of them championship games that's like you, you never reach them levels of of fatigue on every system level both mentally physically uh, emotionally and the and then apply the tension and force yourself to go for a ball and force yourself to make the decision to take the tackle, do a lay a pass, to try to hit that pass, to not hit that pass. Whenever your county's championship season is on the line against another Division One team that you know you cannot make a mistake against, yeah. and you're wrecked. You've had seventy minutes in the legs. You're in the seventy-eighth minute. There is nothing, and Kerry, Kerry, don't have that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come coming through Munster, you know, if if you're winning a game by fifteen points going into the last ten minutes. It's, it's a very different environment for, for a player, you know, and I think, again, uh, sometimes in Ulster we, we give out about that it's it's much tougher to come through Ulster, it's much harder on the teams, but ironically in the, in the likes of the state knockout phase that we're in at the minute, it's 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 probably suiting us not, not too bad and it does leave you better prepared for an epic clash as it was on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Just before I briefly ask you about the, about the upcoming final, just a brief chat. Um, just to mention about our, our sponsors, Ripped again. So Ripped can, it can help you simplify the creation delivery of training programs, making it easier for you to provide everything your client and athlete needs at your fingertips with training load, well-being, nutrition monitoring, so you can get the full picture of your client and athlete's performance. So just head over to ripped.app and use the coupon code locker room to get three months uh, free trial. Just briefly, then, Stevie. Uh, what first of all, I'll, I'll I'll come and ask you what kind of final we're going to have, and and end, uh, uh, can can Tyrone do it? Well, I think it's going to be as I think Enda's used the word epic. So I love that word, but it is going to be an epic encounter. It's going to be an epic encounter. There's unquestionably, and I think, Ian, you know, we've we we we're probably very quick to hone in on all the bad in Gaelic and some of the bad games that we see and, and things like that. But there's been some brilliant games as well over the last couple of years, you know, some brilliant games. And it was great to see the crowds back in Crow Park at the weekend as well. I'm sure Enda being there would have exampled the, the atmosphere, you know, much more closely at first hand. And the final again, hopefully 40,000 people in the final as well. You know, Mayo are craving this All-Ireland, you know, craving it. Yeah. They're, 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 you know, they're mad to win it. But 
and it touched on a very, very vital chord there. This is a new Tyrone team. You know, I, I don't think there's an all Ireland in this team, Enda, if I'm right. I don't think there is, you know, possibly. I, I could be no. no. So, you know, this is a completely different generation, you know. And as he said, it's fine winning national leagues and winning, and winning uh, you know, Ulster titles and things like that. But this, this is the one they all want. And as Enda said, these guys would have been the naughty generation. These would have been, these lads would have been sitting in Crow Park mm-hmm. watching watching the throne teams, being inspired by those performances. And I will tell you this now, if Mayo are going to break this hoodoo, they're going to earn it, Kieran, And they're going to earn it very, very hard. Very, very hard. But I, just something telling me. Now, the only thing is, Fonlaw worried me at the weekend. Aidan would have played for Throne now for, for a long time. And he says, TV he says, Mayo have a bit of a hoodoo over Throne. I don't know if Enda can, can uh, uh, expand on that. But he, he felt that, that Mayo were actually Throne's bogey team. Now, I, I don't believe in those sort of things, bogey teams. But, but it, it is something maybe, you know, that, that, that Mayo might be glad to see Throne in the final rather than Kerry. But I think it's going to be an epic here. And I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit completely on the fence and I'm going to call it draw. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you think, Enda, Our with, with, our, with, with, without a doubt, Mayo will be happier seeing Throne in the final than than, yeah. than Kerry because uh, exactly. they've, they've got an issue with the Ireland finals and they've got an issue with Kerry. Yeah. So that that's one of them out of the way. Uh, in terms of in terms of the job that James Horn has done, is just phenomenal. Uh, we always talk about transition. We talk about a team in changeover phase, and we usually allow two to three years for a team to develop. He's done it essentially in one. Now a lot of it forced, yeah. uh, but it's a phenomenal changeover in personnel. And yet, the, the the way that they played against Dublin was was massive. Now, in saying that, Dublin made loads of mistakes, and Mayo made loads of mistakes too. So they'll be well aware it wasn't a perfect performance. And of course, it came that it was primarily a second half performance. The four weeks, uh, while while the, the COVID delay obviously hasn't went down too well in Kerry, uh, I think it has been a dream for Mayo because they've had a week of the sheer giddiness and amazement yeah. of beating Dublin. <laughs> and then that will have started to settle. And last week, they would have been starting to try to get their heads around, right, we're in a learn final, nothing won yet, and all of that would have been going out. But that first week, you're you're saying them things, but you're not really there yet. Yeah. And then they would have sat and watched Saturday's game. And suddenly the country's talking about Trone overturning Kerry and all of that there. They have sat, they have now got their team in their sights. They've got the semi-final over them. They are straight down to business now with yeah. Trone in the crosshairs, knowing that their date with destiny has a has a red hand standing yeah. in its way. <laughs> uh, and and they, they will come like men possessed their supporters are possessed. I'm pretty sure of it. They, their players will, it, it'll be phenomenal. And Mayo's, Mayo's approach, we've seen it again in Dublin, we've seen it again in Kerry. They go toe-to-toe. They love going toe-to-toe. And this Tyrone team at the minute, that's what they're loving too. I think this game has all the makings of an absolute, insanely uh, high-intensity, physical, topsy-turvy game up and down the pitch huge number of quality players on the pitch, huge number of phenomenal athletes on the pitch, and two teams craving success with zero fear of the opposition. Mayo did turn over Tron a couple of times in the noughties, but we turned over them as well. We slipped up one year, I think it was maybe 0-4 to them, uh, where Fermanagh had turned over Armagh the game before us. The next thing we went out and, and, and choked to, to Mayo. But Mayo had, a, Mayo had an excellent team at that stage too, and that day they couldn't miss against us. We beat them in the 8 fourth round qualifier before going on and winning all Ireland as well so we I, I don't think Trone will have too much of a problem thinking that they can't do there's any sort of hoodoo there but the four weeks will have May in a really good place from a Trone point of view Stephen touched on it this team will have sat and listened to the naughties they've been continuously compared and now they're not good enough not good enough I am I just from watching that game on Saturday that team has earned its stripes yeah. that is a moment for that team to sit back and it's as if it's not, there's no ego in playing for Tyrone. There's no nothing about playing for Tyrone unless you are stepping up to the plate. And for me, a wee bit too often in the past, there seemed to be, uh, 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 they were getting a lot of kudos for being the Tyrone senior team because Tyrone were Tyrone rather than them actually making their own name. On Saturday, they nailed their colours to their mast and it was phenomenal to see. Uh, and I think they will now, like that team has to be so hungry to get their own All-Ireland titles. Yeah. You know, to get their own All Ireland medals in a county where everybody talks about the Naughties team and all the rest of it, yeah. 
uh, this team can go and make its own time and uh, it'll be phenomenal. And with Duhur and Fer, I'm so confident in the management team, the players, with the way the management team handled the whole COVID thing, I think the players will just be hanging on every word their managers say. Yeah. It's an exceptionally powerful place that the throne team is in. It's an exceptional, powerful place that the Mayo team is in. The one regret is we can't have 83,000 because yeah. I don't think Crook Park will ever experience the, the potential atmosphere that's at this match. Uh, and I can't wait. It's two weeks. <laughs> I, I'd love it to be longer to enjoy the build-up, and yet I want it to be tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it'll be on an eighth edge. But I think it. It could. I think the game itself is in a brilliant place at the minute. Yeah. I, I'd love to get rid of the forward mark rule. I don't know how he's feeling yeah. about that. I love. Couple, yeah. But in general, the state of the game where there's there's still a strong defensive attitude, but forward forward players become much more nuanced. The kick out philosophies. There's so much options there. So from a tactical thing, the game's fascinating. From a sports science, from a conditioning point of view, the players are like never before. I've said for a long time, the players' physical skill or skill level is like never before. And just the balance in the game is phenomenal. And now you have two teams have never played each other at this level, both massively hungry. I'm telling you, I, I, I really can't wait. It'll be great. I th- and you're right. I think we have a few years now really to look forward to because we, we have Mayo, we have Tyrone are back at the top table. Dublin, I think, certainly have dropped a little bit. Kerry will obviously come back. Cork are coming slowly, <laughs> slowly uh, up from underage. And obviously you've got, you know, Monaghan and, and Donegal and, and the likes as well. And maybe even Mead making a... a, a, a a kind of a comeback into it so yeah we've a few years to really look forward to lads that was brilliant thanks very much Stevie thanks for uh, coming on as always and uh, uh, brilliant to meet you and brilliant to, to chat we, we'd love to get you on as a you know a guest for like an end of season review uh, or even to speak like there's loads to chat about Antrim and everything like that as well mm-hmm. and just um your hopes and, and plans for next season. I think it'll be fascinating. I'll be I'll be back watching Division Four football again after this conversation now. Three now, three now. We're up we're up Apolo- on Apologies. <laughs> three. Jesus. Division <laughs> three. We're, 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 we're in the big time now. Yeah, don't, don't forget as well anybody that needs all Ireland tickets just contact him <laughs> we'll put out his email address after the show. <laughs> okay. All the best, man. Thank Good you, lads. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thank you very much.